Baruchim Abayim Mishem Hashem Berachnuchem Ves Hashem Welcome to our weekly Wednesday Shiur Yer Nishmas Rosen Basrach Chana and Ezra. And everyone should be safe and everybody should be happy and healthy. And Hashem should watch over everybody. The Shabbos Pashas Tzaveh, the Atta Tzaveh is B'nai Yisrael, Atta Tzaveh is B'nai Yisrael. Moshe being commanded to establish Aaron, set up Aaron and his children as the Kehanim to serve in the Beis HaMikdash. Makes more sense. We look back at the parsha, and from childhood on, we learn <coughs> first parsha. Moshe's name is not mentioned since the birth of Moshe. And we know of the many different things that are significant, the significance behind that. Also, this Shabbos, this Arab Shabbos, Friday, is Purim Cotton. Purim Cotton, a small Purim, a mini Purim. Some people say, I don't need, don't need any excuses to drink. Put him godl, put him cotton, whatever it is. If we can drink, I'm drinking to that. Put him cotton. What significance does it have? What does it tell us? What do we have to do for it? Are there any halachas to put him cotton itself? For one, we don't say Tachnun. That helps. Many people are very happy to know that. It's a Yem Simcha. Yem Mishte Tomid. It's not the same, obviously, as regular Purim. Not the same as the regular Purim. However, even the Gam Mincha, Erev Rishkedish, and Erev Chanukah, and Erev Purim Cotton, the Gadol, we also don't say Tachman. So, in other words, Thursday afternoon already, we're starting to celebrate. Now, there's a little difference, an interesting difference actually. little difference in how 
we approach Purim Katan and how we approach Purim Gadol. Purim Katan, Purim Gadol, I'm sorry, day before Purim is Taina Sesta. We fast, prepare ourselves. As Esther Amalka told Marachai Lech, Kneiz Kalai Yehudim, Tzoy Malai, Tzumu Elai, Yamanibin Aresei Asakein, Everybody gather, everybody to fast for the miracle of Purim. And then, that night, we read the Megillah. After the fast, after the fast, we read the Megillah. And we start Purim. And we go into all the mitzvahs of Purim. Purim cotton is not as such. We don't fast the day before Purim cotton. We don't fast the day before Purim cotton. And when it comes to Purim cotton, we don't have all the mitzvahs of Purim. So, we don't have the same obligations, we don't have the same responsibilities. However, as we said, we have the benefits. We reap benefits here. We reap the benefits of that we don't say Tachten the day before, and we don't say Tachten on the day of Purim Cotton. And we could say a little bit of the Lachayim, but a little bit of the Lachayim. It doesn't have to be, you don't overdo it. Purim, you have to reach to a level, you have to be a level of Adliyada. You don't have to read the Megillah. You don't have to hear the Megillah twice. All the dinim of Purim, we don't have to deal with. However, this year, there's a different type of similarity between Purim and Purim Kotan. That is, we're not going to fast the day before Purim. This year Purim is on a Sunday. Since Purim is on a Sunday, we're going to fast the Thursday before. Titus has to Thursday before. So Titus has Thursday night we eat, and Friday we eat, and Shabbos we eat, and be, we eat drink, and be merry. And Matzah Shabbos starts Purim. So that 
lethargy or, or exhaustion or whatever we have from a fast is not going to have effect on us for they'll put him. Most of us don't always don't feel it even really. First of all, we do have a little problem. They are moving the clock before Purim, therefore the fast is going to be an hour longer. But unless you're a Balkada, unless you're reading Megillah, you don't have the problem. You don't feel it that severely. And you have to read Megillah still. After the fast, it takes a lot out of you. And then, even if you break your fast, you eat something quickly, and you have to run and read Megillah again somewhere else, as we do in our customary <laughs> Purim's fashion, the night is pretty difficult. Chaparain, everybody that has to hear Megillah, sometimes read four ti- three, four times after fasting a whole day, it's pretty exhausting. And then the next morning, you got to get a bright and early because you have to start again. But this year you don't have the problem. We have we don't have the problem. We have a Shabbos. We can even rest probably Shabbos afternoon because it's a nice long Shabbos. And then we start Purim. We'll discuss the halachas of Maidiv and Havdolah when four, four Megillah, after Megillah, all these things we'll discuss in Shul at home. We <coughs> when it comes to Purim. But we find ourselves this year the same, the same situation where Purim leads is led into by a beautiful day. It doesn't have to be a fast. It's not going to be a fast day the day before Purim. Purim cotton, we don't have to fast anyway. And Purim Gadol, we're not going to even fast the day before Purim either. We'll only be fasting two, three days before. We don't even feel it. We won't remember anymore by the time Purim comes around. Yet Hashem. So what's happening? What's this Purim cotton? Small Purim. We know that there's a Pesach Sheni. Pesach Sheni for the people that weren't able to eat the Karim. Pesach, HaKadosh Baruch gave a halacha, gave a din, gave another mitzvah. Pesach Sheni, a second Pesach, where it taught us, and all the lessons that it taught us, you can listen to all the shiurim that we talk about. Pesach Sheni, Nishdakim Fafal. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful stuff. We know that Shavuos is only a day in Israel and two days in Chutzlaretz. But there are many, many different Kabbalahs that have to be brought. And it's not possible to bring it all in one day. So what was hap- what happened? They made, you made Tashlumim for five days thereafter until you'd base the Chedesh, where you can make it up. The Kabbalahs you couldn't bring on Shavuos, you could bring till then. Okay, makeup days, but they're young tavim as well. On sukkahs, you don't have any day that can adds to. We have sukkahs tater, which is not adding to, not making up, compensating for anything that we might have missed. But put in cotton. What is the what? What is the, What's the deal? The solar and the lunar lunar calendar do not jive. They don't mix. The solar calendar 
January, February as we know it, has its seasons according to the months. And it doesn't change. They don't worry about The extra day in February is not changing it. That leap year extra day. The Chodshe Halevana, the month that we count, the Yiddish calendar, according to the lunar cycle, is different. There are months that are 29 days and months that are 30 days. Not 30 and 31. And therefore, there's a, a, differenti- a differential between the Hebrew and the English calendar. The secular, the lunar, and the solar calendar. That said, we have Chag HaOviv, Chag HaOsif. We have a the Yom Tev have to be according to the season, and therefore Purim has to Pesach has to come out in spring. How does it come out in spring? Yeah. Okay, thank you. I'm recording this year now. I'm recording this year now. Okay, good, good. Shkoyach. Diskalitzis. Diskalitzis. Okay, Baruch Hashem. Purim cotton. A small Purim. A yomtif of its own but a Yom Tif with almost no real benefits to it. Sorry, we're going back to the months. So the months, therefore, in order for the months to add up and for the Yom Tev to come out in the seasons, the we have to have a leap year. The leap year being a second other. And that second other makes up and brings together, joins together the calendar the way it should be. A lot of interference tonight with the shit, today with the shit. Someone's knocking at the door, I think. Tells us, the Eibishter, tells us, Tata, in order to keep the world in the proper Seder schedule, is a Nibiyar. A month that fills a gap. A full month to fill the gap. This entire month is making up for things that we are missing. But the entire month is also taking an incomplete cycle and filling it in. So that we can end up Pesach Hashem in the spring. It has snowed on Pesach, yes. But we do what we have to do the way we have to do it, and where we have to do it. Comes Chedesh other, and we have other Rishen and other Sheni, which now makes a full cycle. Bringing a full cycle around, bringing full circle, full cycle, teaching us <coughs> <coughs> how.
how things need to be complete and how we have to find a complete essence in every concept. Similarly, is Pashas Titzavah, which we'll soon discuss. The cycle of a mitzvah, though, <laughs> is interesting on the way home today. Um, before I left my office, my son called that he had his car got a little bit uh, a boo boo. And my other son went to go be there with him because I was far, he was far, but. This son has Baruch Hashem uh, a Schwitzer car, <laughs> lights, sirens. So, what it would have taken me an hour and a half to get there it took him thirty-five minutes, <coughs> forty minutes max. But the Vaila, I think he was exceeding the speed limit in most places, and I'm also sure he was not waiting for any traffic lights. So the <laughs> He calls me up and says, Ty, you better daven for me. So I'm going to do a mitzvah. And I have a policeman chasing me already for two miles. I was, he was getting very nervous. So we davened. We said, till together. We said, we davened. <laughs> I said to him, if he didn't stop you yet, he's not stopping you. Either he's giving you an escort, or... He's following you and says, oh, this guy's doing a good job. I'm going to follow him so I can get where I want to go too. And he put on his lights and siren and also did it. It's not, it's not possible. I said, I'm telling you, don't be nervous. I'm saying, tell him, I'm nervous. Kitsi says, Ta, you were right. He just turned off. <laughs> he turned off the road, turned off his lights and siren and went where he had to go. <laughs> he was following him because he said, oh, this guy's got the right idea how to get somewhere fast. When they do a mitzvah, mitzvah and they tell a story. A poor woman. Not a poor woman we feel sorry for her. A poor woman had no money in her. She used to get grains of wheat. She go to the miller and she used to have it round. And every day she would bake four loaves of bread. Four loaves. And the four loaves she would distribute three to the poor and one she would give her children. Buying, she had the three loaves distributed already and a man came to the door and said, please, please, I'm starving. I'm starving. I haven't eaten in days. Please, help me. Give me food. So she had no choice. She took the, son, the children's loaf of bread and gave it to them, gave it to the man. He said, okay, I'll bake another one. And she took the grains, wheat, and she went to the shore over there, wherever the mill was, and she had to make more flour. And she put the sack of flour over her shoulder, and she started to walk along the water, the beach. Lo and behold, a very strong wind, wind came along and took the bag out of her arms took it to see. She was devastated. She started to cry. She said, them. I gave away my children's food. 
and, and this is what you do to me? This is what you do to them? This is how I get paid back for giving tzedakah? And there was a yeshiva not far. She saw the distance. She went to the yeshiva. In those days, you talk to the rosh yeshiva, to the head of the yeshiva. You talk to Arav, Mashpia. This is how you. This is how you're supposed to do it today too. Kisses. She goes into the yeshiva and she tells the rosh yeshiva there the story. She's marvelous. She's sobbing, like poor children. She's talking. These two men come in, businessmen, and they put down a jug of gold coins, and they tell the Shiva, we're giving you a donation. This is my eye. So they say, <coughs> we had a ship, and we were out in sea, we were coming now close to the shore, it got a little windy and stormy, and it set the boat into a rock, and it pierced the boat, <coughs> pierced the boat, and we're taking in water really bad. And we said, this is it. We're not making it. A whole boat full of people. All of a sudden, we heard something, another clap against the boat. And the water stopped coming. Quickly we got the, water, we got the boat to the shore. And we jumped out to sea. What, what, what was that? And we saw stuffed in the hole was a sack of flour that had gotten wet and became a gooey dough and went boom right directly into the hole and saved the whole ship of people so the Rav smiles and tells him now you see how great your mitzvahs were <clears throat> and how God much Hashem appreciated it that he gave you this Damnut, he gave you the, the opportunity to save all these Jews, save all these people. Your first question, you're of course saying to yourself or trying to ask me, but you can't ask through the phone or through the computer or through the through the online. You can email it, but it's gonna be too late because then I'll have answered you. I don't know if he gave her any of the gold coins. <laughs> It, it dictates, Halacha dictates that it went to the yeshiva. But it's also possible that he gave it to her and told her, here, now you have something to be able to live. <coughs> but that's not the negate to the story. It's not, we're not trying to say about the reward. We're trying to say about the mitzvah. A mitzvah doesn't go without HaKadosh Baruch Hu seeing to it that a mitzvah is Gerede's mitzvah. And unfortunately, the opposite goes as well. Aveda, Gerardus Aveda. A sin causes another sin. We know, Pash Tetzave, as I said before, first Pasha without Mesh's name being mentioned since Mesh's birth. <laughs> So we all know the, the vertlech that we've said so many times whereby the Chet Egel, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Moshe I'm going to destroy the Jewish nation and make a new nation out of you and Moshe says if you're going to do that 
erase my name that you, of the book that you have written. I don't have anything to do with the Tater's words. I don't want my name mentioned in the Tater. Mesha, David obviously could not do that because it's Tater's Mesha. So Asher is Gematria 501, which is the same Gematria of the word Tetzaveh. And therefore, Tetzava was the parasha that was chosen that Meishan's name is not mentioned. And then also we know that at that point, Kodesh Baruch tells Meishan Rabbeinu, Hini shaleach, shaleach malachi lefanecha, I'm sending my malach before you, malachi is the Isis Mechoel, which malach is that Kodesh Baruch referring to? Malach Machol. Machol is Gematria 101, which is also the Gematria of the Psukim, also the amount of Psukim in Pashat Tzaveh. So another connection of Mesha Haman Rasha, as we know, the famous story, as it goes, Haman chose Chedesh Adar to try to destroy the Jews. Because he heard that this was the day, the month, that Meshach Rabbeinu was Nifta. Apparently, unbeknownst to him, Meshach Rabbeinu was born the same day. Not just Haman uses this dictate, but also according to Taylor, usually, most times, Pashtet Tzavah comes out around Zion Adar. Zion, other was last Friday, and this Shabbos is Tetzaveh, it's a week apart this year. That's why I said most times. But Pash Tetzaveh and Zion, other are usually around the same time. Tells us Mefarshim, or actually, I'm sorry, it's not Mefarshim, if you're keeping score at home. It's a Gemara Megillah Yidgimel Mabez. Because I'll tell us she was other mace, was she was other nailed that on the seventh day he was the other he was born and he died. In that case, why is the parsha hinting on the passing of Meshira Benu when we should be emphasizing his birth, which was the same day, that same Zion other is his birthday. So why are we emphasizing that the Pasha had, does not have his name in it? Because he died this week. He died in this Zion other. Adrabe, he was born in Zion other. Celebrate it. Are we really celebrating it? Yes. We are really celebrating it. The name of a person, a person doesn't need his name. A person doesn't have, to, doesn't find himself by using his own name. A name was created for the zulas, for the other person. In order for another person to identify with you, they have to call you by your name. And that's what a name is all about. A name is for other people, <coughs> for other people to use. 
when they have to refer to you. But I myself don't, when I, even when I talk to myself, I don't use my name. I talk to myself. Don't all crazy people talk to themselves? I talk to myself. I give a sheer. <laughs> Very good chance of talking to myself. I don't have to call myself by my name. I listen. I talk. My shaky and somebody else has to call me. A child, when the child's born, for eight days till they have a bris, or a girl till they name the tater, doesn't have a name yet. Their essence, we call them baby, ingala, mamala, or some people with the facetious sense of humor is called a baby boy, oodle. All different kuchiku names, you can't call the baby by his name yet until it has a name. The metzias of a person is higher than a name. And truth to be told, an infant, from the infancy, the smallest of infancy, since the mother sings to the child, and the mother always coos the child, and the mother holds the child and talks to the child, etc. The child turns to the voice of the mother. Before it has a name, or even after the name, doesn't call the mother. Doesn't say Shlomo Yankele Moshele. Doesn't Mayingele, and the child will turn because the mother, the child hears the mother's voice, and the mitzvahs of the person, the etzim of the person, is what's what's responding, and therefore the essence of the etzim of a person is on a higher level than when the name. The name is a limitation. And the Pasha starts off Ve'ato, which teaches us the etzim of the Meish Rabbeinu, which is higher than his name. And the Kleyokra says, Ve'ato, this is the Mohus Atzmuscha, your etzim. And we find, in the beginning of the Pasha, the word hints to the implies to the birth of Meish because that point it comes the mahusay the mahus atzmusay of Mesha, which is higher than name, it starts off with Vi'ata. Vi'ata titzave. Shvitzave. What's the tzave? What's the commandment that's being discussed? To light the candles. The Kleyokar again. A beautiful, beautiful vart, which my wife is going to use in class. Titzave. The tzivoy of lighting candles. The tziva is to whom? To tough. Who's tough? Tough is Gematria 400, which is the Gematria Noshim. Therefore, Tetzava is teaching us that women need to be very, very careful to see to it that they light the candles of Shabbos and Yom Tov. And this is the word Tetzava.
thing is, sometimes a person, a woman, ends up in a predicament where they can't, they didn't light candles. They slept, they fell asleep Friday afternoon and woke up on Shabbos. Or they were near candles, or whatever the case was, or they were giving birth to a baby. Halachically, they have to add a candle. From then on, they have to let, add every Shabbos, not every week another candle, they have to light one more candle. If they light one, they should light two. If they light two, they should light three. And this is something that teaches us that the tzave, how the noshim have to be commanded and tzivu is lashon of tzavse v'chibur, connected with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. This is their firmest connection they have with Hakadosh Baruch Hu through the hadlokus natus of Shabbos Kedesh. And the menorah has to be lit, shemen kosis lamoir. Wow, Rashi has a hard time with this kosis lamoir story. It turns out, it turns out, halachically for the menorah, the first two drops we use for the menorah, because this was the finest and the most pure. And that's why it took that much longer, took eight days to make enough oil for the Veneda, the time of Hanukkah. The obvious question is Zaysim Leisrael Mefahisu. Where did they get? Olives in the Midbar. Where do they come off the olives? There's no olive trees growing in the, in the desert. And therefore, how do they have oil? So according to opinions, there are opinions as such that they brought the oil from Mitzrayim. We're not going to go into those halachas now. like to go into a different concept. A different concept. The purest of oil is used to light the manita. Light the menorah. The rest of the oil, they didn't throw it out, we use for kabonis, for minchas, and everything else. The world's question, most common sense of a question. When I eat, I want pure, the most pure ingredients. I cook 
with a finer oil. Whereas I light Mineda, I light my Shabbos candles, the oil doesn't have to be so beautiful and so perfect oil. I get Shemin Zayezach and everything else, but it doesn't need to be the clearest of oils. The clearest of oils I use for cooking. And here, Taylor tells us, no. No. The Mineda gets the clearest of oil, the light. And then if you want to cook, you have to make carbonas, you take the rest of the oil. Subpar. It doesn't stim. According to common sense, it don't work. But, this is not common sense we're talking about. We're talking about the essence of Yiddishkeit. The Menena, we said last week, we had a question why was Mesha so confused about the Mineta? How to make it? The confusion wasn't how to make it. His confusion was how does it make? How does it keep? What is the light doing? Where is the light going? How does this little Mineta here in the Beis Hamikdash illuminate the entire world? The candle of the Meneda represents the air of Tera. The Ner Mitzvah. The Neres are the Mitzvahs. Tells us the Tera. When it comes to a Mitzvah, we need the purest and the finest and the most beautiful. When it comes to tzedakah, we need to give the, the nicest and the best in the best way. Masha'enken, our mundane life, nah! I can understand that I can get past it if I don't have the best and the finest for my own purpose. I'll eat a little less quality. I don't have to have the highest quality end of this, of that, for food. Food I need to sustain myself so the body is today's chitas, today's tanya. Talks about Hill. Used to say when he used to go eat, I'm going to feed the Albania, I'm going to feed the physical being. He says, I don't need the food. The body needs the food. Mm-hmm. I'm not a body. I'm Kedusha. I'm in a Shoma that happens to be in a body. In order for it to stay in the body, in order for the body to be able to hold it, I have to feed it. I'm not going to eat for me. And this is therefore the lesson of the Shem and Zayizach. When it comes to a mitzvah, we need to use the purest and the best. For Tera, we need to use the purest and the best, the strongest, apply ourselves to the greatest of Kachas. 
If a person involves himself, goes to have for entertainment purposes to see a theater, a, a seret, a concert, you find yourself sitting in the same seat for an hour and a half, two hours, glued to the screen, glued to the stage, to the actors, the actresses, the music, the, the, the props. It's mesmerizing. And you, pardon my French, your tuchus doesn't have a problem sitting, and your eyes don't have a problem focusing, your ADD, HDDDDs that you get translated in when it comes to studying goes right out the window. The animation keeps you attracted and keeps you busy. Again, whether it's on a stage or it's on a, on a what's it called? She'll call you right back. Mandel, tell Bobby to call Adina. Mandel, Tell Bobby to call Adina. <coughs> huh? Thanks, sir. You can take this phone to her. Whatever you want. Anyway, when it comes to a shear, if the shiva goes over six minutes, the truth is, sorry, it's not six, it's nine. Maybe it changed today. When I was shall we say, getting into the speaking mode of speeches by Vamitzah, by Chassanah, by this, by Yent, I was told and taught by much bigger and better than I, the maximum time for a speech is nine minutes. A shir is a shir, it's different. A speech is nine minutes. After nine minutes you've lost everything and everyone. So you need to get your point across and your lesson in there within the nine minutes. That's where you're at. And for that, barely, barely you can keep people's attention. You have to be the most phenomenal orator. (coughs) You keep them for nine or a little more. You have to have a fantastic demeanor. You have to have a tremendous vocabulary. You have to have a, a way of delivery. You have to have the story, the, the, the joke, the whatever it might be, to keep and to draw the attention of the people. And you have to constantly battle with the Sahara to keep the people listening throughout your Dvartero Yeshir. I know myself when I say Dvartero on the Shabbos table, people sit and talk in my face between themselves. Not people, not guests, my kids, my grandchildren. And they'll talk. So he's talking. So he's saying Dvartero. And sometimes they talk, it's not because they remembered something to say they'll talk in practically speaking a full on conversation 
and not have any regret or a second thought of what, what's going on. This is what happens when you talk different Tata, unfortunately. Tells us the Tata, no. The purest and the finest has to be used for Tata and for mitzvahs. The maestres, the leftovers, are used for the physical mundane world. And that's how we need to learn, and this is how we need to apply ourselves. So again, picture yourself when you're listening to something or watching being entertained by either a sport event or a movie or whatever there are in the Remember how easy it is for you to keep your concentration and your focus and how less you have it when it comes to actual learning of Tata. So again, we, talk, we started to say before how the Pasha talks about Mesha, Mesha Rabbeinu when it comes to the putting together here the Klei Mishkan and the big the kahuna, the garments of the kahuna, and the vessels in the Mishkan, the tabernacle. And Moshe Rabbeinu set up the whole Mishkan. And you should bring to yourself Aaron, your brother, his children with him to serve me. Separate Aaron and his children from everybody in the rest of the nation. They are becoming a higher level known as a Kohen. However, the commandment is Hakrei Valecha, bring him close to you. Moshe was then the dark of a Kohen. According to opinions, Moshe was a Kohen. We spoke about it back in Yisrael that Moshe was demoted ready to a Levi at this point. So therefore, Moshe, although he was a Kohen himself, it did not carry over to his children his generations thereafter. Only to Aaron and his generations. But his obligation was to bring Aaron and his children to the level of a Kohen that he was at. <coughs> and this is how we find and we see the greatness of the Kahanam. The name Kayan was given at times to a person for what he did. Somebody who served in Kaidish was called a Kayan at that moment. At the Badina, he served, he was doing working in Kaidish, Shamas and Ashul, it was Machain. doesn't make the person himself a kohen. His actions is that of a kuhuna. However, after being sanctified through HaKadosh Baruch Hu, they came to a different level. And this is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu commands Moshe. V'ata hakri you bring to you to your level. 
the Yin of Meish Rabbeinu was to connect a special connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Meish spoke to HaKadosh Baruch Hu face to face. Meish was known as Isha Lekim, a godly person. This is what Kahuna is all about. Meish Rabbeinu was commanded to seize the opportunity from within his own Kedusha, his own sanctity, and distribute it amongst the Kahana. And from here on, this holiness would rest upon them and their children and their future generations. Wow! What an amazing concept. But yet, how confusing can it be? Moshe Rabbeinu was the Rebbe of the whole Jewish nation. And still in all, he was commanded, this particular commandant, to bring to himself from amongst the Jews. Who did he have to choose out? Aaron and his children. In order to sanctify them in a Kedusha of Kahuna, for the rest of the nation. This also, as the Zayar refers to it, is this Pashtusa the Mesha The spark or the spreading of Mesha Rabbeinu in each and every generation. The Tzadik Hader is Mashpia on the entire generation. Like the head that keeps and and influences and gives life to all the organs of the body. But yet, the parts that are closer are the ones that get the most. Are the students that go in his way, that follow in his way and connect and are makushatim. Those that accept from him the keiches, the special keiches and the kedusha. In the Chinah of Atta Hakrivei Lecho, bring to you. A Jew could sometimes could sometimes think, I faltered in several things. I'm not in the level of a Kain, the one that's Mishadus Bekedish, and he doesn't have Chasholim's connection to the Meish Rabbeinu of a generation. Therefore we tell him the commandment, you bring closer to you, before putting on the Big Day Kahuna, before the Chinuch of the Avedis Hamikdash. This is the essence of the Kedusha, that's brought about by getting close to the Meish Rabbeinu. And therefore it's incumbent upon him the merit, the responsibility to fix all these flaws to garb to put on the big day kuna, to start to act and to treat like a kayin the one that is mefits the era teira that spreads the light of Teda and Chassidus amongst Yidin, amongst all Yidin.
and making them, lighting them up as Kehanim. And this is what speeds up and brings quicker the revelation of the Beis HaMikdash HaShlishi because this is what's going to get keep the ball rolling and put the ball in the right, in the right place in the right court Taylor tells us that the Kayan Godel wore a garment and on the shoulders of the Zephyr that he wore. There were two stones known as Avnei Shoyam, and on them were engraved the names of the twelve Shav, the Shifta Yudke. And the Torah tells us, Shishim Eshmei Samalevin Echos, Shishim Eshmei Samalevin Echos, Eleven Hashem is considered Eshem. Six names were on one, and the, the rest of the other six were on the other one. In the order of, chronologically, they were born. And the Torah emphasizes the same that the order has to be kasel days of the way they were born. Rashi and the Ramban have a, and the Rambam have machlekes. According to Rashi, they were put in according to the way the order that they were born to Yaakov their father. According to the Rambam, the order of the names was according to the mothers, the ones that gave birth first, which means to say first the children of Leah, then the children of Bilhah, then the children of Zilpah, and the end, the children of Rachel. What is this Machlik is all about? What is the argument? This is understood according to the concept of the engraving of the names. Teda tells us the two Abnei Shayam were known to be Zichrin of Hashem. A commemoration before Hashem. Vinosa Hashem, and Amaran carries the names before God. Are these two plates, the two shoulders, as a memory? The engraving is to remember before Hakadosh Baruch Hu to remember their righteousness. And this is all incumbent upon us in the Achdus, the unity of Yisrael. When Am Yisrael is united, one full, like one full level floor, then they are merit. They merit to see and to go up before Hashem. If Chas V'Shalom is a pirud, united we stand, and we don't want to say the other way. But in that case, the person will not be fit for the brachas. Therefore, we have the engraving of the Shvatim, which tells us about the Achtus of the Shvatim, the unity. This Achtus was two levels. And this therefore fits to the two opinions. When we count the Shvatim, according to the birth, without taking consideration the mothers is a full actus without any kind of different groups they're all the children of Yaakov when you count them with the mothers this is B'nai, this is, this is Rachel this is Leah, this is Bilal, this is Zilpas they have different camps, different groups 
This difference is in the birth of each and every child. The father is the source, the Esmetius of the Vlad, and the division of all the different organs of the person done, done because through the mother, in the mother's womb, for the nine months, the mother, woman carries her, carries the child. Father brings about the entire essence of Achtus, the way they are from the original source, and the point of their being, there's no difference. Whereas the mother gives them all the different levels of which they could be in, and tells them they have to bring this all together in their own all, in their own way. The Jewish nation the same. There's an actus according to the way it is, by its roots, the roots of a Jewish nation, a person who attaches himself with the neshama Israel. And at this level, there's no difference between them. And there's an actus according to the way it is here down in this world. We're different shvatim, different people, different entities, and still in all, we still have achtas, we unite. Rashi says, according to the order of the names, that's how we pair it together, the Darga Rishena, the first and highest level of achtas, according to the way it is, back in its original source by the root, which is the children of Yaakov, which are the Rambam says, is talking about a different level, the second level, according to the mothers, which shows the actors of Shifta Yisrael also because they went down the Mata and because they came into different groups but still in all became Am Echod and through that Am Yisrael Am Yisrael Chai as they say Am Echod, Leiv Echod and we should all be able to stand together united and go to the Vesamigdash Ashlishi this very Shabbos in Shalai, Mirakedish, Shabbat Shalom to all.